Hi, my name is uh, Matthew Ditch. I'm a value engineer at SOP Concur um, and welcome to this webcast. Um, the title of this session is Making the Most of Your SAP Concur Data. Um, but what does that really mean? Um, it means that for a company like SAP Concur, where we look to leverage smart technology um, to streamline and automate um, processes, we also capture a huge amount of data. Um, this data, if viewed through the correct lens, can uncover opportunities um, to, for further optimization, um, be it process, helping with supply negotiations, or identifying non-compliant spending habits. Um, in short, we're talking about increased visibility. So a little bit about me. Um, I'm currently based from home. Um, in Kent in the UK. Um, I've been at SAP Concur for almost 18 years um, when I consider my length of service through a couple of acquisitions. Um, I've worked in and around um, the travel industry for, for many years in a variety of different roles. So that was booking business travel, um, writing code for online booking tools um, and desktop applications. I've managed account teams and I've been responsible for relationships with some of the world's biggest businesses. Um, in recent years, I've gravitated more towards data, patterns and trending, uh, meaning I've become more consultative and strategic in my interests and, and my thinking. Um, I'm currently spending a lot more time at home with my family, including my pets, um, as we navigate our way through these most unusual times. Um, Dan, over to you. Yeah, hi there, everyone. Um, so my name's Dan Phillips. You're also joining me from my uh, home office for the time being, so, so welcome to my home. Um, like Matt, I've, I've got a bit of background in the travel industry. Uh, I've been with SAP Concur now for um, four years. Uh, I've always been within the sales organization, which has meant that uh, through my years, I've spent times with lots of different organizations. Um, and, and every company that I've worked with has been at various different stages of maturity when it comes to their T&E process. Um, I've always been keen to really understand uh, how we can use data um, to help our customers improve. So, Matt, let's kick things off. What type of data do I have access to when it comes to my T&E spend? Um, so I guess you've got travel management company data, um, TMC data, you've got, so that could be online booking tool or you know traditional offline travel data, um, credit card data, um, that could be you know T&E spend um, card, that could be procurement card and expense data, of course. Um, and within that, you can find things like blind spend and program leakage. Um, you can overlay corporate structures as well um, and apply some other additional logic. And, and kind of once you do that, you know, you kind of have a platform really to discover where these opportunities exist. Oh, ERP data too. Um, I almost forgot that one, uh, and that's important. Um, so our customers want visibility, better con controls. So, you know, aggregation of that data is important. Some normalization as well, uh, because data comes in in different ways. But ultimately, you know, customers want all of their data in one or very few places um, so they can get their hands on it and analyze it. So uh, there's, there's a lot, right? Yeah. <laughs> so if I wanted to try and wrap my RAM arms around all of that data and, and get hold of it, what, what's some of the biggest challenges that, that I might face? Um, so a colleague of mine, um, who lived in the world of P2P explained to me the pains they went through um, to source and consolidate data from a variety of TMCs, as I said earlier on, expense platforms and ERPs. Um, add to that the task of comparing procurement spend to expense spend um, in an invoice platform um, where they're looking to find duplications. It, it becomes quite a time 
consuming tasks. So a P2P manager wants to spend more time on aging, accruals, and getting as many discounts as they can for early supplier payments. Um, the data itself, it, you know, as we said, it can be fragmented or disparate. In the beginning, it can be poorly populated and oftentimes considered directional at best. Uh, making key fields mandatory, such as um, vendor name for location, uh, for tax reclaim or data analysis is important. Um, OCR, so optical character, character recognition, that's difficult to say, um, can help if you have mobile apps um, or automation that can support you. Um, if we compare company card data, uh, company credit card data rather, to cash data, um, cash being personal forms of payment, is a notable dip in data quality, um, which is why we consider, you know, card versus cash actually quite a important metric because credit card companies tend to populate more fields. Um, as an aside, card versus cash, as I say, helps businesses in times of stress that we're in now um, because they can kind of use that those credit terms as a float to a degree. Um, add to that the potential to, you know, negotiate a rebate, then you've kind of got a boom, you know, for, for a business that, that could be in crisis or, or struggling. Okay, so there's loads of data that's out there, and we know now some of the challenges involved in, in getting access to it. And, it. and it sounds to me like the, the key starting point is having an aggregated view, so one single view of all of your data in, in one place. Is, is that right? Yeah, bang on. Yeah, so holistic cool. end-to-end platforms, kind of what you're looking for. Um, gives right. you that visibility, allows lots of departments really to kind of run their own best-run business, really. Um, you know, from a spend government's perspective, once you've got all that data, I'll say in one or very few locations, you know, you particularly see, you know, the travel owners looking more closely at their, their managed travel program. Um, it's widely reported that the business people are not always booking their, their business trips through their company TMC of choice. Dan, um, in some cases, the online booking is always being bypassed in favor of, of booking directly with an airline or or a hotel company, for example, you know, so having a platform that can capture all that rogue spend um, gives you a better chance of establishing, you know, the true cost of a business trip. I mean, just to come back to that then, Dan, I mean, when was your last business trip, if you can remember back that far, and um, yeah. how did you book it? Yeah, it does seem <laughs> does seem a world away compared to, to what we're doing at the moment. And, and Matt, in answer to your question, I'm a good corporate citizen, yeah, I, I do things the, the way I should do. Um, but no, actually, let's 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 jokes aside. We we had a you remember we we went out to the US for a company conference uh, back in January. Um, so I had to book a flight and a hotel for, for that conference, and I booked um, just recalling I booked my flight on my online booking tool, which was fulfilled through my TMC. So I did that in the right way. But actually, we we um, in advance of the conference, I remember we were emailed um, a list of hotels. Um, they, they wanted everyone to book into these particular hotels and, and we had access to some discounted rates as part of the conference. Um, those rates were only available if you booked via the, the hotel website, which, which I did. So in answer to your question, I booked my flight via the OBT, which was through my TMC, um, but my hotel, I, I booked directly on the hotel website. Okay, cool. All right. So when it comes to controls and compliance then, which I guess may or may not be a challenge here, you know, we can analyze, you know, that spend and we can see it flowing through your preferred vendors. So, you know, I guess to, to come back to wherever you booked that hotel for that particular conference, you know, we could look at how we could bring that into the system potentially. Obviously, there's a duty of care angle on that as well, because we want to make sure that you're safe down on your travels. 
um, yeah. and you know we want to know where you're going, who you're traveling with. Um, so so that's important. But thank you, thank you for being honest. <laughs> okay, so now I've got all of that data in one place, and I've pulled in my hotel booking um, that was sitting outside. If, if I wanted to start analysing that data, what, what, what is it that I should actually be looking for? Uh, I'd probably counter that. I'd be thinking, you know, I'd be asking you, I'd be asking a client, what outcome do they ultimately want to achieve? I think that's that's probably the, the, the bigger question. Um, you know, who are your internal stakeholders and what are their goals, really? Uh, I think, you know, having all the data is great, but if you want it to enable it to, to, to you know, benefit your future results, then, um, you know, I think you need to kind of wrap that lens around it a little bit. I mean, we've got lots of standard reports dashboards within concur um, but if you overlay some of your you know very specific business outcomes or kpis then it's going to be more meaningful to you and to your business so for example if the expo employee experience is, is a key metric um, as it should be for most companies then you're going to want to you know help employees to work smart in order to be at their most productive right you know in this category i'd suggest um, looking into areas like driving mobile adoption um, on your tne apps and other things like automating mileage as well, perhaps as an efficiency gain. You know, could should commuter mileage be deducted? Are these being enforced? You know, by by looking at you know the operational data and the transactional data, you know, you can determine you know where you are now and where you want to be in the future. I guess a, a note of caution on the employee experience as well is that you know seeing the data in black and white gives you a perspective, but you should also consider the X and the O, so the operational data and the X being experienced. So before acting, we need to factor in human emotions, you know, and consider our attentions in order to, you know, retain or seek greater engagement really from the from the population. Um, I mean, another area you could focus upon is is TNE policy. Um, you know, it could be an innocent oversight or a deliberate act of erroneous filing, but it could be costing you, right? You know, the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners estimate that organizations lose 5% of revenue to fraud each year. And it's not just big organizations either. It's They also state that, you know, billing is twice as prevalent in small businesses. So are approvers, you know, are approving managers reviewing all of the receipts on an expense report? Are auditors truly looking at 100% of claims and all of the key elements therein? And what exactly are they checking for? You know, this type of information we can begin to report upon and ask questions of ourselves. Okay, so I, I can hear all the millions of people that are watching this and listening to this now shouting out in Million, terms of millions, millions of people. How much? How much time is this going to take? We're all busy people. Um, we're all back to back on on conference calls and video calls at the moment. I, I suppose there's going to have to be a balance, right, between um, making sure we're doing this regularly enough to make sure that things aren't slipping through the net and we're not missing opportunities. So. So how regularly do, do you see someone realistically being able to do this? I guess if we, you know, I guess current crisis aside for a second, um, I mean, you may want to address your, you know, your policy once, once or twice a year. I mean, I, you know, certainly many of our customers, I'm sure, have, have, have addressed their policy more recently anyway, um, with a cessation to, to international travel affecting most countries. But I think, you know, ordinarily it would be, you know, once or twice a year from a policy perspective. Other areas you should be checking more regularly, such as travel to budgets, you know, for example, as they, they ebb and flow throughout the year. Um, and that would be mm -hmm. different per business, per vertical. Um, we see patterns with company build, company paid. Um, car programs where expense submission by the individual can lag 
So, you know, we have, well, you know, Dan, we have reports to review unsubmitted expenses. So that can help track this potentially hidden backlog. So I guess you could say, you know, it, it varies really depending on what, what area you're looking at. Sure. And I suppose there's so many different things that you can be looking for and breaking it down into what's important is key. But, but how do I know if I'm actually doing the right thing? I mean, there's a lot there, right? We've talked about a lot already, but, you know, you can't eat an elephant in one bite. You've got to have areas of, of focus. I mean, start start at the top and work down in terms of your top expense types is, is a conversation that we have with clients, as, as you and I, Dan, have with clients. Um, you know, other um, customers that we, we speak with are satisfied with our standard reports. Um, others, you know, are happy with the dashboards that we have. You know, that for other clients, there could be the consultative approach that, that, that actually delivers more value for them. Um, so we have a service for that. We, you know, on the other hand, some of our clients want to export the data and actually manage, you know, uh, massage it in themselves and, and use it for other reasons internally. You know, what, whatever that that model, we're, we're happy to help them. I think in terms of specific, some specific examples for you, you know, it's, it's important to repeat the point about considering the outcome you know, and what you want to achieve. So, the, I mean, these tactical, you know, tactical efforts that I'm just going to call out now, they're going to kind of help an overriding goal, a strategic goal. And that's the way it should be thought of really in terms of steps. But first one, probably reporting upon receipt checking and compliance to policy. So that's a, it's a co common area really of optimization that we work on. Um, hotel spend is another one that comes up quite a lot, um, certainly for um you know the uk market and global markets actually um, because it's not just limited to that hotel expense type where we see that spend um we see it you know hotel spend occurring within entertainment within meals within parking so ask yourself if meals and parking should be included within hotel room rates for example at your key properties or your key brands um so you review your own data and, and decide or work with us to do so um, in terms of entertainment and meals are per diems in place you know, would a cap on a dinner expense uh, makes, you know, makes sense? Would that differ per country? Probably. But you can look at the average spend per country and even per city, actually, um, to compare that rate. And perhaps even a 5 or 10% saving on that, that rate would make a difference. But again, think about the, you know, the, um, the experience aspect as well before making any of those decisions. Um, miscellaneous spend or others, other spend as a category. Um, both those expense types can become a catch-all um for non-compliant spend so they should be reviewed and um, regularly so look closely at your cash transactions as well is another one um, and if there are any cash transactions with a round number value that's probably another pro tip actually for spotting um, potential non-compliant spend yeah it reminds me of a, a customer that i worked with a few years back they're a, a large uk retailer a pretty pretty household name um, and before moving on to Concur, they had a pretty manual process for managing expenses. Basically, people were filling in an Excel spreadsheet and submitting them. Um, and, and the reason why they moved on to Concur was really designed around their, the user experience. They wanted to get rid of paper. They wanted to improve the efficiencies. Um, but actually, when they moved on to Concur, they, it was only through interrogating some of the data that they realized they had a bigger problem. Um, they, they were using some of the, the the basic functionality or the basic reporting that was coming off the back of the intelligence. Um, and they were able to identify that 26% of their spend was, was out of policy. Um, and given how much these guys were spending on TNA, that, that was a considerable amount of money. That, like I say, before they had access to this data, they, they didn't even realize that they had a problem. 
But I remember we worked with them. Um, we put a plan in place in, in terms of giving them some advice. And I think through the data, they were able to put some measurements in place. Um, they were able to put some KPIs in place and actually kind of track the, the progress um, of that. So, I, 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 yeah, that, that sticks out as a, as a good example of where customers have used even the most basic of data to, to make improvements. But I'm also, I suppose, a little bit surprised. So, so my role, I see many different customers week in, week out. And sometimes I am a little bit uh, surprised to see uh, how little some customers are using um, their data. Um, Matt, when you're going through your role, and I know we work quite closely together, but when you're analyzing and you're pulling out insights and, and um, pieces of information to, to present back, how, how do you know, so this is two questions really, how, how do you know what data is important? Um, and we also know that when it comes to T&E, it touches nearly the whole organization. So there's lots and lots of different stakeholders that are involved in, in the process. Why do you think it's important that all the different stakeholders are involved in, in analyzing the data? Okay, Dan. So we, we've called out a few different personas already, um, but a finance persona is going to be, you know, have very different goals, let's face it, to a travel manager. Um, layer on top of that, learning preferences, you know, analytical or otherwise, you know, we can be forgiven for thinking um, tactically rather than strategically. Um, marry your t and &E spend goals on top of those company, company objectives and outcomes would be our advice. Um, you know, leverage the SAP Concur data to measure your own success. Um, someone put it very clearly to me recently when they said, you know, think about how a company makes money um, and how we, so a combined SAP Concur team in partnership with the customer team can help them to actually, you know, make more, sell more or do more. Um, so to close the circle on that, um, you need end-to-end -end visibility, you know, of your data before you can begin to analyze it and make it work for you. Okay. So, summarize, what, what I've learned then is that, as we said to the beginning, there is a ton of data out there, yeah? But to get anything meaningful, um, to have any real insights, we need to, the first thing you need to do is get that single aggregated view to be able to do something useful with that data. And in order to drive good business results, a company needs to align their reporting requirements and what they're looking for to the wider business goal. So like you say, think more strategically rather than potentially mm -hmm. just practically. Um, and, and have a specific outcome in mind, whether that be the X's with employee experience or, or the O's, whether it's controls or compliance. Exactly. Could have put it better myself, Dan. Brilliant. Fantastic. I mean, thank you for your time today. Um, thank you to those people that have listened to this webcast. And um, we'll see you again. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.